May I speak to you in the name and the love and the power of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, all. This is a bit of a strange gospel text for Easter. It, uh, it sits somewhat awkwardly alongside the other gospel texts of this season with their classic Easter themes of resurrection, eternal life, Jesus the Good Shepherd, uh, the mystical union of Jesus the Father and the Church, the coming of the Holy Spirit, of course, the Ascension. Uh, but today, we have instead a story of Jesus healing a man who doesn't really seem to want to be healed all that much, and who, as far as we know, receives the grace of God somewhat in vain. It's almost as if this story gives us a little bit of Lent in the midst of Easter, just as Laetare Sunday, the fourth Sunday of, Easter, or of Lent, gives us a little bit of Easter in the midst of the Lenten season. Perhaps a message for us here is that God's goodness and mercy may pursue us all the days of our life, as Brandon talked about on Good Shepherd Sunday a couple weeks ago, but uh, we must really want that, want God's goodness and mercy, if we are to receive it and benefit from it in all its fullness. If the Easter season and the Easter Gospels are about the new life in Christ, then today's Gospel reminds us, indeed warns us, that we can miss it, turn away from it, even reject it, even when it's right in front of us. Now, speaking of missing things, there's a whole verse that's missing from this gospel passage. The, the uh, passage is John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, but verse 4 has been cut entirely out of the New Revised Standard Version, which we uh, use here, uh, as well as every other contemporary Bible translation I referenced. And the reason for this is because verse 4 is not found in the best manuscripts uh, we have of John's Gospel. And on top of that, the Greek wording, and indeed the English wording, uh, is, is rather unlike the rest of John. And, and this has led scholars to conclude that it was probably not part of the original text. Now, that may be, but uh, it seems that this missing verse actually provides uh, some important context for understanding the story and its meaning, and, and uh, indeed that may be why it was added by some scribes uh, later. This story is the second healing story in the Gospel of John, and in it we find ourselves at a pool in Jerusalem, and around this pool are people with various diseases and disabilities. So what, what are they doing there exactly? Is this some... Um, some sort of spa therapy? Uh, no, not exactly. Um, the reason why they are lying around the pool is not really, at least not entirely, clear without the missing verse 4, which goes as follows. They were waiting for the stirring of the water, for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well, from whatever disease that person had. So, it appears that the water in this pool was periodically 
uh, stirred up or, or disturbed in some way, either uh, uh, by an underground disturbance or some influx of water at various intervals. Uh, and evidently, uh, as, as we learn from this verse, it was believed that it was an angel who was stirring up the water, and this gave rise to an idea that if you were the first one to make it to the water when it's stirred up, you would be healed of whatever condition you had. And it is certainly possible that people had such faith in this angelic presence that uh, uh, some actually would be healed when they got to the water first. Uh, after all, it is, it's well known that there is a very powerful connection between the mind and our physical health. I mean, we all know uh, the placebo effect. Well, at any rate, whatever is going on with the angel or the uh, underground disturbance causing the water to stir up, Jesus comes to this pool, and uh, of all the people lying around the pool there, his attention is drawn to one man. And we are told that this man has had an unspecified illness for 38 years. And it seems that he has spent much of that time, much of those 38 years, waiting around the pool. Jesus asks him a question, one that is charged with meaning. He asks him, do you want to be well again? Now, the Greek here for want means to will, to exercise conscious volition. So in other words, Jesus isn't merely asking the man whether he would sort of prefer to be well again. He's asking him if he truly wills it. In asking him this, Jesus is giving him an opportunity for some honest self-reflection, for, uh, for consciousness raising. And if the man had reflected honestly on Jesus' question, he might have gained some valuable insight about himself. However, it seems that he does not reflect on Jesus' question. In fact, he doesn't even answer it. Instead, he deflects with an excuse and a complaint about how other people are always getting there ahead of him. Jesus heals him anyway, but the man expresses no gratitude or even joy. Now, this is a striking contrast to just about every other healing story in the Gospels where uh, the people respond to their healing uh, with joy, with gratitude, with uh, 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 faith in Jesus. So Jesus heals this man physically, but spiritually it seems he remains out of alignment. And so today, perhaps Jesus poses us with the same question, the same challenge, the same invitation. Do you want to be made well? Or as it says in the King James Version, wilt thou be made whole? This morning's collect speaks of the good things prepared for those who love God, things which surpass our understanding. C.S. Lewis wrote of God's love for us as a burden of glory, not only beyond what we deserve, but except for in rare moments of grace, beyond what we even desire. So on this sixth Sunday of Easter, may Jesus come to each of us and shake us out of our complacency and stir up in us the desire for the new life of Easter that is always on offer 
Yes, may Jesus leave us shaken and stirred. Amen.